0: Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, welcome to today's episode of Musings with Jesus. My name is Shola, I'm your host, thank you for joining me. I hope you're well, I hope all is good with you in your world, I hope everything is fine. Um, it's a cool Sunday morning here in Lagos, Nigeria, not much happening, um, very grey morning, sort of. Um very it's still quite early many most people aren't up yet, but um I just think i mean I don't have any planned thing to really talk about today, but I just want to thank God really for his grace and his his purpose in my life um. I, I There was a conversation I was having with someone yesterday, um, someone who'd gone through a really traumatic time and was trying to wrap, you know, um, his head around what had happened to him and, you know, how things, you know, just the whole experience. It was a, it was a very strange and bizarre experience, even I, you know there wasn't much I could say to help because it was a very strange experience. It was one of those experiences that you just honestly have to just put under the blood of the lamb and just say, Father, well, you take control? But, you know, for this person, it, it, it you know, I, I observed it, but this person lived it. And uh, even to watch, to see when it was happening, it was heart-wrenching. It was just heart-wrenching. You could... You could just imagine what was going on you know it was it was really something else that you know he even came out of it it was just by the grace and by the mercy of God and it's something that every time I, I remember I just give God the glory you know there's some things that God does in someone's life that you know that you you know you can't give the glory to anyone it's it's so remarkable it's so unique it's so miraculous it's so you just know that this is god this is god and it just changes your whole perspective about life and about the world and about god so you know it's like coming out of that experience and you know what what, coming out of that experience he's there's a lot that is going on you know in his mind about how come this happened to me why did it happen you know and because it's like waking up from a really really bad dream and you know and you realize that oh my goodness you know it's even worse than a dream actually because at least a dream you'd say it was a dream this it was coming out of something that was a nightmare but it was real But um, it was like a living nightmare. Yeah, that's what it was. It was a living nightmare. The most horrific, horrendous nightmares you can imagine was a living one. But it was real. And then God just came upon the sin and took it away like an instant. Snap of a finger, twinkle of an eye. And the way God took it away was what made everyone, all of us around it, know that this this is a spiritual, this was a divine intervention and it and it meant that what had been happening had a spiritual um, had spiritual undertones and you know it had spiritual everything overtones undertones mid mid tones left tones side tones however you want to call it it was hundred percent um spiritual and um when I remember when jesus um when the disciples had an experience where they tried to cast out a you know they tried to pray for somebody and the the, the person couldn't be delivered and jesus said this one goeth not out that you know the way to handle this would have been through prayer and fasting i think when we're dealing with complex situations in the lives of people i think the mistake we make is trying to um diagnose what's going on without having spiritual insight And that spiritual insight and revelation has to come from God himself. And I think many times, what I see many of us doing is building a principle based on what we've seen happen in other people, with other people. But when I look at Jesus, you see that he ministered to everybody differently. And, you know, with some people he said, speak the word only, my servant, their servant to be healed. With some he went and laid hands, some he did something completely different. He ministered to everyone as the spirit led. And I think that was what he was trying to teach the disciples. That you do not use a one-size-fits-all approach in handling every situation. For some people, prayer will be enough. For some, just simple counsel on maybe hygiene, medical, you know, and all that. For some, you may need to do both. But in all cases, particularly with the very complex challenges whatever they may be whether health related whether psychology whether emotional what i found is that it is the revelation of god by the holy spirit that makes the difference because otherwise you don't even know what the root of this problem is even the person may not be able to articulate the problem the person can only tell you how he or she is feeling They, they do not know the origins, they may not know, they may not fully understand it, they may not grasp it, even if they do, they may not know, they're not likely to know how to resolve it or what they what needs to be done, because if they knew, they would do it and they wouldn't be in that situation. In such moments, the only thing to do is to wait on God, just exactly what Jesus said, prayer and fasting, that's what I find, I've found prayer and fasting not to deliver or you know but to seek the face of god on what is going on what do i need to do you know help me what 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 can we do to make this thing better it's it's because you know and it was but coming out of it so back to what i was saying you know this person was now going through you know just trying to make sense and wrap his head around this really horrific experience and i just said to myself you know what i just you know i recounted what paul said in philippians 2 where he says this one thing i do forgetting those things which are past i press forward for the mark of the prize of the high calling i told myself whenever these feelings come what i will say to you is just tell yourself thank god i'm saved thank god i'm delivered thank god he helped me. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. He said turn it into a moment of praise and thanksgiving for God. Because if you continue to think about and dwell upon all those horrible things that have that have passed by God's grace, then you are prolonging the trauma, and you will continue to be in what you call the post-traumatic state, which in itself sometimes can become just as bad as the trauma itself, as the experience, and in some cases, God forbid, even worse. So it's something that we're sort of working through and trying to, you know, really, really help one another with. And I think it's, you know, many times I think also, honestly, I, I feel bad about the way we have, we many of us faith communities are practicing Christianity because I think we misunderstand the spirit soul interaction. We understand the body interaction to some extent, I think a bit more, but that spirit soul connection we don't understand. And this is it when people come out of a very bad situation, there is a recovery process, and that's what I'm finding in you know with this situation, even in my own life. There are things that God has delivered me from physically. Sometimes psychologically, sometimes emotionally. But in fact, sometimes emotionally, but there's a psych- there's a recovery process emotionally and mentally that needs to happen. And that hardly ever happens instantaneously. What God can do, or what spiritual divine intervention will do, is to remove the cause of the problem. But then there's a day to day healing that then needs to take place after that. And that has to be applied like the balm of Gilead on a daily basis. On a daily basis. Otherwise, and maybe that's why the Bible says the latter state may be worse than the former. You know, that state when it talks about the dog going back to his vomit. Because I think many times when people are healed or delivered, we just think, oh, they can just go back to their life the way it was. I think such people, based on what I'm saying now, they need to go through a post recovery process which involves counseling and um, therapy you know psychosocial whatever depending on the level of the intervention or whatever the problem was i think that whole process we, we we actually do it i don't think faith communities do it as well we think oh once you have been delivered go your way continuously you know it just doesn't work that way the human you know life so it doesn't work that way our, our 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 emotions retain memories memory of pain memory of thought of oppression memory of torture so that memory has to be dealt with when god removes the source of the oppression the memory of it is still there and that memory can cause trauma so something needs to be done to heal that memory or to replace them with new ones and that's not an instantaneous thing because god is not in the process is not in the ministry of you know removing people's memories you rem- you know it's still there so some a separate type of intervention by his spirit also and by his word i think even more then has to take place to uh, you know, and then the Holy Spirit helping with joy, faith, love. There's just a whole lot of things. And, you know, I... So so I think there's a whole lot of space for Christian counselling that understands, you know, psychology and the way people think. And I I begin to really think that maybe the practice of psychology should be incorporated in Christian counselling because I think... And when I say psychology, psychology from a scientific perspective as well as psychology from the Bible perspective because, for instance, it was only when I started really studying into the soul, the concept of the soul, that made me realize that the soul was the point at which so many things happen. The Bible even records it, it's the point where pain, where bitterness, where hope, where joy, that there's so much that happens in the soul and the Bible differentiates between the soul and the spirit and makes it very clear that we shouldn't mumble the two together. And after we get saved by the spirit, it is our soul that is, remains unsaved and needs to then be saved by the washing of water by the word. I think all these things, we're not emphasizing on them as well as much as we should. And in that soul, there's the mental thinking capacity, there's the emotional feeling capacity, then there's the character formation capacity, which is values, beliefs, mindsets, all those three. Require three different types of interventions and ministrations on a day to day basis. And our inability, as you know, to, to approach the development of those areas in an intentional manner, has kept us with the body of Christ of people who claim to be believers, can speak in tongues, but in every other way are exactly like people of the world. Because we have erroneously felt that. Just professing to be a Christian and having receiving received the salvation of Christ and being born again by water and spirit is enough for somebody's life to change. No! You have to enroll in a deliberate disciple daily ministry, receiving and practice of His Word. There's so much. And as I'm speaking now, this is the Holy Spirit explaining this to me because... I've always wondered, why such a big gap between who we are supposed to be in Christ and who we actually are? It's the soul gap. There's a massive soul gap that is left unattended to in the way in which we minister and we we take. And the scripture actually provides guidance for all of these things. It's just that we are looking at the wrong things. And now that I'm in seminary, I see that there's a big gap between theology and the practice of the faith most of the churches practicing the faith they're doing something else it's just the truth they're just doing something else going along with their own interpretation of scripture but when you go to a, a place where body of scholars have debated the word of God, you actually see that the the theology is very much very close to what jesus you know the jesus standard and disciple early church standard but the practice of it you know the, ap- the application of that theology first of all the, that theology is not transmitted it stays mostly in the seminaries from what i see it doesn't really transmit into the churches by all time the churches develop their own doctrine which is very contextualized and you know lots of factors just come into it fundamentally the jesus doctrine is the same but then the practice in terms of the focus and the emphasis in terms of spiritual growth and formation is is is, is just different and most of the time is is it's more in practice structured around activities rather than the fundamental gospel and christ doctrine and even around structured around the church's calendar which is what i see now events calendar activity calendar very program driven um discipleship practice rather than scripture gospel and christ centered it's it's just really bizarre to observe so it leaves a huge gap, so when people who don't fall into that people who then have personal crises that don't fall into those activity driven um structures they fall they fall by the wayside, and there are many people people going through divorce, marital stress, domestic violence, psychological issues, mental health issues, severe terminal diseases the that structure cannot help them because it's not gospel centered, it's not Christ centered, you know. Gospel-centered helps us to deal with those things that are divinely, spiritually, um, you know, undertoned. Christ-centered will deal with the full spirit, soul, and body because that then becomes Christ in you, the hope of glory. And I almost, as I'm talking, I'm almost thinking I should write a template for this. And I trust God to help me. Maybe even if, depending if I, you know, if I go through theology at some point, I would, I would say what I think. I would like to work on a piece of work that says what should be the organizational template or blueprint for a christ-centered church in this modern world i and i'm sure there are other people in the world working on such things but i would like to do something from my own perspective based on what i have seen in the world today so because there's a huge gap and i'll share it with people who will be interested in it whether they practice it or not maybe i would even just put it out there as my own thoughts and then see what people say and do with it i'll make a note of that thank you holy spirit that gives me something to chew on for the future because i think yeah i think thought leadership and us just thinking through the mandate of the church i think the church is just really we've lost track you know we've lost focus as a whole and when i make this statement i'm speaking generically i know there are places and communities where they are very focused on doing. But I'm just saying as a whole, generally, you know, in, in the U.S., I see all what's going on. You know, if I look at continent in Europe, Europe has completely lost the plot. I mean, there will always be pockets of, you know, divine excellence here and there. And I, I know that happens in Africa too. It's all idol, man worship, very focused. You know, so everywhere, it just seems like, it, it seems like science and modernity is winning, you know, and... um it's, I, I, I think we have to do something now to help f- future generations that are coming. And a lot of the signs of what needs to be done is already apparent to us. But I also know that when God says the gates of hell shall not prevail, I know that God will build his church. I think my own rule is I, I want to be a part of that that God will want to do. And I want to be like David, who could say that he served, he fulfilled the purpose of God. In his own generation and then he went to sleep with his fathers. he went to you know that's really what i want to be so wh- wh- whatever it is god would want us to do in this generation i would want to be part of that so i will leave it at that for now and i thank you very much for listening um i don't really know what i'm going to call this musing but I-, I think it's just something about pressing on you know forgetting the past pressing on and you know in fact there's yeah pressing on and just really allowing christ to be the center of our lives and um, i trust god that he will help all of us to find out what that means and what we need to do to get there so thank you so much for listening god bless you stay lifted and have a wonderful day in the name of our lord and savior jesus christ If you have been blessed by um, this musing, I would ask that you please share it with whoever you will, and I pray that God himself will send this recording to all of the hearts and the minds that he would want to speak to on this at this time, throughout all of the nations, in Jesus' name. Amen. And that to all of the other musings as well, any that the Lord himself has ordained for everyone, that it will all go to the hearts and the souls and the minds across all nations, in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Thank you.